there. Alexander Barkov, another shot for the Cats to win in the seventh round. Barkov, let's go! Hello and welcome back to the Palm Tree Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo. How you doing this week, Noah? I'm good. How about yourself? Good, good. You know, back in uh, back in the swing of things. Uh, yeah. How was uh, how how did you th- what did you think of trade deadline day? You know what? Um, my expectations going into the the trade deadline were not overly high. Like I thought there'd be a decent amount of movement, but there wasn't really the you know the big names out there necessarily. Um, and there was a you know there was a couple that were thrown out that you thought you know maybe, um, but nothing, nothing really massive. Um, but it was it was pretty good to be honest. We, I spent the day uh, uh, watching that, and uh, yeah, lots lots of movement, um, pretty much consistently throughout the day. Yeah, um, some small moves, some big moves. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a fun day. What about you? Yeah, I mean, as 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 I said, I had a meeting on Monday, right, from the ten to eleven, and I said at the time I was like, during the meeting is when the trades are gonna happen, and I was sitting in my meeting, to and I got a text from you. Oh, that's right. I forgot you were in your meeting. I just I saw, I assumed you'd and, seen it. And so I we we didn't go over this, but I got the text. But for some reason, I only got your second text. That said, we're gonna have a lot to talk about on the podcast. I didn't actually see the first message, which was the actual trade. Yeah. So I'm like, wait, like, what's going on? And I'm like, don't spoil it. But then I open it and I see you sent it to me, and I'm like, oh my god, this is happening, and I'm stuck in this meeting. Yeah, it was just, it was kind of weird. Like it had been, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about this trade. Um, yeah, like there had been rumors that you know Vinny Trocheck's name was out there. Um, I wasn't really a hundred percent certain on that, just because he was cost controlled. You know, Florida, uh, you know, is kind of in an interesting spot where they're kind of on the fringe of things right now. Um, so I wasn't sure uh, or convinced necessarily that he was going to be moved. But they end up sending him to Carolina. They get back uh, Eric Holla, Walmart, uh, and a couple prospects there, including Chase Prisky, who's a pretty good defensive prospect. Yep. Um, and they get, uh, who's the other prospect? I'm trying to find it. Um, let's see. Panthers, Panthers. It was, a. Uh, it was a defenseman, right? Was it? No. It yeah, was E2 she, Loris Strynan. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Um, but yeah, I mean, what, what do you kind of make of this deal from the, from the Panthers perspective? Really interesting move. I wasn't sure what to think of it, just because Vincent Trocek's uh, first-line guy for the Panthers, you know? Kind of plays on the first and second line. Uh, he's an important member of that top six for the Panthers. Yeah. And I I like to think that Carolina called the Panthers and was and asked for the price on Trocek. Um I like to think that the Panthers were not shopping him. They were not actively trying to get rid of him. That it was just this 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 offer came across the table well, and just kind of like, well, it's it's a decent return. Yeah, I mean, what, what I had kind of heard uh, out there was that you know Panthers kind of ownership was looking to to shed some money um, to to reduce their cap and that and, um, if Trocheck was going to be moved, that was a factor. So I think there is the possibility the Panthers were looking to move him. And remember. 
Trocek has not been the same since he came back from injury. No, no, absolutely not. Like he, he, he really a- hasn't in terms of uh, point production. It wasn't there, and the uh, I mean, Florida's getting a guy who in 2017-2018, Eric Hollow had 55 points in 76 games. Yeah, like that's a decent return for a, a fairly young guy. He's I mean 28 now, and then uh, Walmart. Who was playing some good hockey with the Canes? Yeah, it was just it was it was one of the bigger trades of the day. One of the more interesting ones from kind of both teams' perspectives because you got two teams here. Neither of them are really sellers. They're both kind of in the hunt still. Um, do you think this deal makes them a better team now or a worse team going down the stretch here? Um, I think it makes them a worse team, honestly, because I think Trocheck was. A, per, a very significant part of the offensive group, but I don't think it makes them that much worse that they can't com- very much compete for a playoff spot. Yeah, and I, and I like that you, you get you get two pieces right now yeah. back that are NHL players, so it does help with kind of the overall depth and versatility, um, and you're getting more minutes out of guys. But yeah, Trocheck is a very important, uh, you know, was a very important player for the Panthers. Um, I'm sure he'll do great in Carolina, but it was yeah, it was just kind of interesting because like, you know, it was uh, you know people kind of wondering what this kind of meant for the team. Like, with the position they're in, they could have you know stood pat, gone all in, or they could have cut their losses. Um, and I think I got the sense that they didn't want to cut their losses. Definitely not. But they also wanted to shed the cap. So um, I, I like these back. I like Aaron Hall a lot as a player. Yeah. Um, so I think he'll be useful down down the stretch here for them. Chase Prisky, I think, is a really nice prospect. I don't know if a lot of people know too much about him. Mm-hmm. Um, came into the Hurricanes organization last year. Um, had really good numbers last year uh, in college. I think he was a better than a point per game this year in the AHL. Um, he's had really good point totals as well. Yeah, in his last season in college, he was above a point per game. Uh, 39 points in 36 games, and... For a D, for a D, that's not too bad, especially considering the breakdown was seventeen goals and twenty two assists. Yeah, and another important thing here to remember with him is that I believe Chase Prisky is from Florida as well. Pembroke Pines. Pembroke Pines. So um, yeah, to bring in uh, yeah a guy from Florida and a pretty good prospect, I'll be interested to see if you know there is a, a way he finds his way into the lineup this year. Yeah, I mean for me is the only thing is I mean. Y- there aren't that many impact players in the NHL today that went through that four-year college, college. cycle. Um, usually, if the guys are good enough, play one year. Well, they'll get drafted, then go play one year, uh, or they'll sign a contract. What I can't remember, Jimmy VC. If well, there's there's Jimmy VC, right? He was, he was a, the big, the 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 more known. But uh, you have like like a, like uh, Adam Fox. They knew he wasn't going to sign in Calgary. Um, yeah, he was a long-time college player. Uh, Justin Schultz as well mm-hmm. um, did that and signed in Edmonton. So, like, I think you like, I, though, though, there, there's definitely success stories, but I think I think you got to be careful because um, there's there's not that many guys that have gotten a lot of success after playing four years of university. Yeah, but and it's it is kind of you know a lottery in that regard and i think his production in the ahl this year's been encouraging he was drafted in 2016 so that was after his first year at quinnipiac yeah 
So um, it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens uh, with him, but a nice prospect add for the team. Um, and moving down the line, yeah, there's a, it is going to be a battle, obviously, for that playoff spot. Toronto wins yesterday. Florida wins yesterday, so they're, they're yeah. kind of locked up there. And then the next game, obviously, is against uh, Toronto. Um, and that is a massive game for this team. Um, the one thing I've noticed, I've watched Toronto a bunch this year, and they're kind of up and down. Where they're right? like there are games where they show up and they look very very good, but some, they don't always show well, up. Well, and proof of that is that they lost to emer- an forty two year old emergency backup Zamboni driver. Yeah, and then the right next game they go and beat Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. Granted, and, there was from what I could tell there was a significant amount of Leafs fans at the game, but still you're going into Tampa Bay and one of the league's best teams in terms of individual talent. It's not an easy task, and they came out of that with a win. Yeah. So, but the inter- the thing about that as well, uh, too, is that um, Toronto, who is right there with Florida, um, they were fairly inactive uh, at the trade deadline this year. There were rumors around Tyson Berry, um, what this team is kind of going to do. Yeah, and really, sh- the main move for them was, I mean, when you think about it, Jack Campbell and Kyle Clifford. Yeah, that was kind of their... They made their move kind of early. Um, but definitely did not do anything on trade deadline day to yeah. really make their team much better. But then last night you have uh, Jake Muzzin goes out and he hurts his hand. He's out... Four weeks. Four weeks. And so you look at that team now. Um, I mean, already... that, that, that Jack... The... What was it? The... Um... The Michael Hutchinson trade, Getting now Callie, looks, Rosen. Yeah, Callie Rosen, now looks pretty good on yeah. them. But it seems like now they have a lot of guys on their decor playing above what they're kind of, uh, where they're supposed to be playing. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle that adversity. Florida's been relatively healthy down the stretch here, um, which has been nice. Um, but yeah, a couple massive games coming up here against uh, the Leafs. Um, and it'll be uh, it'll be fun to watch for sure. Yeah. Um, um, a lot of, but lots of trades. Um, yeah, coming back to that, I want to know what trades out there, a couple of them that surprised you the most. Um, I there was no like I I thought the Pajot trade, was, oh actually no I Pajot trade. The Islanders paid a lot, but they, they signed him, so it doesn't look too bad. Yeah, he had a fun first game for them, too. The one that surprised me the most, I think, is Robin Leonard to Vegas. I did not see that coming at all. I, I think I think a lot of people anticipated Robin Leonard would get moved. I don't think... I, th- I thought Ca- uh, Carolina and, and uh, Colorado would be big on him. Yeah, and it just it seemed... Yeah, so it's, it was kind of interesting to see Vegas is the team that gets him solidifies their goaltending. they got two guys now. Um, and I think that, you know, the, the way things have gone this year for Malcolm Subban, um, I think they kind of felt like, you know, if Flurry at his age, if something happens, um, they need to have better insurance, so they go out and they get that and Robin Leonard. Um, but, and in, in you look you look at the breakdown, and this was in the Hockey News a while ago, um, you look at the breakdown of past cup winners in the past, like, let's say 10 years, and what they've done at the deadline? No, more specifically, what their how many games their starting goalie has started in the regular season, and you see that number going down. 
Well, last even like just looking at and last I think year's I think that's what Vegas is trying to capitalize well, on is by giving Flurry that much rest by playing Leonard. Yeah, I mean more regularly. Yeah, Flurry's played a lot of hockey in his time in Vegas, um, and yeah, even just looking at last year, you have Boston and uh, St. Louis in the final. Well, Boston's got Tuka Rask who. Shares a lot of starts with Yaroslav Halak, who's yep. a very good goalie yep. as well. And Bennington only started playing in January. So that's two very well-rested goalies. I think Vegas recognizes they, they needed to do that. So it was it was interesting, but I think it's a good move for them. But that was my most surprising trade for me. What about you? For me, and there's a lot to choose from here, um, the Barclay-Goudreau trade. To Tampa Bay? Yeah, because for me... Um, I've watched from sh- from whose perspective? From both, to be both? honest. Because um, look, you know, watching a lot of San Jose games this year, um, Barclay Gujo's been a, a you know a relatively important depth piece for them. Um, I didn't, you know, with the way you know, kind of I've heard people talk about him, it didn't sound like they were in a rush to get rid of him. That he was, you know, a, a, an important piece to keep around for them. But. When you get an offer like that from Tampa Bay for that kind of player, I think you have to take it. Especially considering you're San Jose and you have no first-round pick because Ottawa took it from you in the Carlson trade and they're looking at trading. At worst-case scenario, Ottawa's going to draft third and fourth or fourth and fifth. Exactly. That's worst-case um, scenario. Yeah, so the the cost, like, I was, I was, I was shocked that Tampa Bay was giving up a first for... Um, for Barclay Goudreau, um, who who knows how it'll work out. He played last night. He didn't. He looked okay. He was physical. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't notice him much. I I, I noticed he was physical, and I noticed there were some passes that were a little off. That could just be chemistry, um, and coming to a new team. I'm sure. Um, but an interesting one uh, there. Um, Carolina made a lot of big moves. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Who who do you think in this is the biggest winner and the biggest loser? Um, for biggest winners, and I think this is kind of a consensus, I think, around the, the league is probably the two teams that stick out to me are Carolina and Edmonton. 100%. Because they they got some important pieces, and I don't think they gave up a whole lot. Um, I, I especially like what Carolina did. They're, once their defense is completely healthy, it's going to be detrimental on the rest of the teams in the league. Yeah, that's the thing too. Is that Carolina has a lot of D that are hurt. That's no secret, um, and that can definitely hurt. I think leverage when it comes to negotiating trades is that they know they need them, and yeah, they give up a first round pick for Brady Shea. That's a nice deal for both teams. Brady Shea is a very good um, de- defenseman in the league, though. I I really like he has he brings a very physical approach to the game, and he's a good shutdown D. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of like what a lot of Carolina's DRs that they can skate and they're physical and they can. Do kind of a bit of everything. Yeah. Um, Sammy Vatnin's an interesting one. He's still hurt. Um, they kind of just gave up a mixed bag of, you know, picks and a pick and yeah. some prospects. Well, Freddie Clayson and Yanni Kokinen. Um, so that was, I, I like what they did. Um, Edmonton, um, I well documented that they needed more help in their top six. Um, you give up a fit, you know, they gave up a fifth round pick for Tyler Ennis. Um, I like that deal a lot, especially considering, um, I believe that's what Philly gave up for Nate Thompson, uh, yeah. was a fifth. So, yeah. and I think, you know, Tyler Ennis is probably a much better player. He's from Edmonton. Um, you know, bring some speed and skill to their top six. 
Um, he played on the first line and last night. Exactly. We saw it in the first game already. They they each got two points, right? Yeah, and I was, I was watching that one last night, and you could tell him and uh, Anthony Sear, they both, you know, the, the start of the game wasn't good for the whole team. Um, but you could see the comfort level grow. The, the question is going to be, is Anthony Sioux going to be able to be defensively responsible with Edmonton? Because God knows he was not with Detroit. No, and, and but I think, and I, I, obviously, yeah, not the best defensive performance in Detroit. Um, but I think a part of that, too, is when you're playing on a team that is as bad as Detroit, just morally, you kind of get down. Like, you can go and back check, but, like, you're out of the playoffs. You're not going anywhere. It can be a bit dejecting, and that can affect you know the effort and awareness. Yeah, um, but it'll be interesting to see having him and McDavid together. Tons of speed. That'll be fun to watch. Um, but I like I like what they did there. Give they give a bit more for Anthony Sioux. Yeah, a couple of second rounders, but they hold his RFA rights. Um, and you know Ken Holland has that uh, connection to him. Yeah. So uh, there there is that as well. Um, and there was a there was an interesting <laughs> quote in. Um, Eric Angles tweeted this. Uh, I saw that quote. Yeah, it's really interesting. He he said these young guys come in, and this was about Anthony Sioux. Um, these these young guys come in and think it's all about the highlights. We've talked to him and try to get him to understand how he'll be successful, but he doesn't want to listen. It's all up to him now. If I had his speed, I'd go around everyone, but he just wants to go through them. Giveaways going to end up minus forty five. And yeah. I thought that was very interesting, and that because that says a lot about the player's personality that he's not willing to adapt his game. But I wonder if he's going to kind of have that nudge in Edmonton, where he's now a playoff contender, and it's a lot. There's a lot more pressure. Yeah, and the other thing about that quote is we we don't know who said that. No idea. But I guarantee you, whoever said that it, is probably it's, not it's one player, and I'm guessing it's an older player on the team. That's, that's all. That's all I can say. Like it'd be. Hilarious if it was Mike Green, because he's yeah. also in Edmonton now. Um, but yeah, and you know they got, they have a good coach coaching staff there, led by Dave Tippett. Um, so I'm sure I'm ho- you know hopefully things work out for them. I think that's the only trade we accurately predicted. Well, it was we did a with with my roommates here. We did our kind of trade deadline <laughs> predictions uh, before it opened up on where we thought people were yeah. going to go. Um, we got we got we got a, a couple of them right. A lot of the really obvious ones. We're well off on some of them, obviously. Um, but it was uh, yeah, it's, it was definitely uh, interesting to see where people went. One of the other really interesting teams I thought on trade deadline day because I have no idea what they're doing, uh, and I mean not in that, like not a bad way necessarily, but the Buffalo Sabers. Here's the thing though, they gave up so little for Wayne Simmons, a fifth round pick. Yeah. I, I I have, like, like from that point of view, that it was just a fifth-round pick, I don't really care. But then again, you got to be self-conscious enough and self-aware that you're not making the playoffs this year. So yeah, to why me, to, do you make that trade? To me, it was, yeah, it was just kind of a why type of trade. Because like. I, I was looking at the standings, and I thought that it was much closer. Buffalo is not close to this at all. No, they're not. And it's, they're six points out. No, not even... Yeah, they're six points out. Yeah, and then... Actually, eight, because Toronto's ahead of Florida, technically. So, best-case scenario, Buffalo is four points out of Florida with no games in hand. Yeah. So, I was, I was just kind of weird one, and, like, 
You can't even because you got to compete with Florida and Toronto. You're you're not competing for a wild card because the wild cards are way too. The, the points for getting into the wild card is going to be way too high for the Sabers. They're ten points out of the wild card now. Yeah, it was just a really perplexing move. Um, yeah, because just why? Why? I, why I, I don't understand. They could have just signed him as a free agent for next year if that's what they wanted to do. And or, they made that trade with. Um, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, the Dominic Cahoon trade. And I, I like Dominic Cahoon a lot as a player. Yeah, I don't... That, that trade's fine. I, I've never really liked um, Evan Rodriguez. I, I don't mind Evan Rodriguez, but he, he obviously wanted out of Buffalo. Uh, Connor Sheary, Pittsburgh's got familiarity. Um, Cahoon's really young, too. 24, pending RFA. 27 points this year. Um, best player in that deal. So, I guess that helps them, but I don't really know... I, I, I don't see... I don't see... And they, Buffalo tonight plays the team who I think was the biggest disappointment at the deadline. They play Colorado. Well, Colorado, they get Colorado did nothing, basically, other than Nemesnikov. Yeah, they went out and got Nemesnikov, and I'm curious to... I, th- I think it's interesting. A lot of... Like, when you read into what teams do at the deadline, I think a lot of it is a statement by the team on where they think they are. Mm-hmm. Um... I think Colorado feels maybe they that like they're going to get into the playoffs, obviously, but they, they I don't know if they necessarily feel that this is their year that they are at just quite at that level where they can I, contend. And I know a lot of people were saying that Colorado cont- like next year is going to be their year. Yeah, not this year. Next year. Next year. And I think yeah, I think that'd be a fair assessment. And so for them to not do anything, I think says that they probably agree with that. And they and, may not willing to do anything, or that the prices were too high to get what they that, wanted. That, that was my major surprise on on the on trade deadline day was Colorado doesn't go for a goalie, and Carolina doesn't go for a goalie. Yeah, Carolina last night got lit up four one. They outshot their opponent. Who, who were they playing? Dallas. Dallas. They outshot Dallas forty eight to sixteen. Well, I saw... Uh, Nedeljkovic is... Uh, three goals on the first seven shots, oh, I believe. Like, um, so that was just... Yeah, to me, that was a really interesting one because you're putting a lot of faith on some very inexperienced goalies. Uh, they, uh, Carolina <laughs> literally called up their two AHL goalies. I've never seen that. Yeah. And so that, that was just one. Um, and, and then, I don't know if you saw this, but Louis Domingue... Was it Louis Domingue? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's being lent to um, the Chuckers. Yeah. From the crunch to help out that situation. Yeah. So just, yeah, a very interesting situation because of the injuries Carolina has. Very surprised they didn't make a move for a goalie. Like, I know, you know, teams usually don't make moves for goalies at the deadline, but th- their goalies are out. You know, they, they seemed like they needed something. Um, <laughs> another interesting one was Nick Ritchie for Danton Heinen. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I like Danton Heinen a lot as a player. Nick Ritchie hasn't really reached his ceiling, but, I mean, he gets to join Brett Ritchie in Boston, and any time you can bring two brothers together, that's kind of fun. Oh, sorry, not Louis Domingue, I was I was referring to Mike Condon. Oh, yeah. Mike, Mike Condon goes from, from the crunch to the checkers. Um, yeah, because Domingue got traded to Vancouver on the deadline day. But yeah, the, the, uh, the Danton Heinen trade I, I thought was quite puzzling as well. Yeah, it was just it was it, I don't, like there's there's a bunch of really intriguing moves where you didn't really expect them to happen. Yeah, like there's a lot of stuff that happened that we predicted, like that you would predict, like you know Anthony Cu getting moved, um, 
Lots of guys. And moved. we predicted accurately. Nobody on Minnesota really moved. Lou, that was it was really close with the Parise the deal. Parise deal with Andrew Ladd that fell through. You you, you got to tell yourself that there's so many uh, contract considerations to take into account that they couldn't even get it done. Yeah, that was that was a, a very interesting one. It'll be interesting to see if they 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 pick up talks in the summer. Yeah. So now looking at all the moves that are made, uh, moves that were made on the uh, the trade deadline now, and you're looking at the NHL standings, what do you kind of foresee happening coming up here um, as we get into the last stretch of the season? All right, so if we start in the East... We'll start with the, we'll start with the Atlantic, because... Um, well, no, I th- start with the Metro. Metro? Okay, Washington. Um, I think... It's, it's going to be an art... It's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be either Pittsburgh or Washington going to finish first in that division. Yeah. No doubt about it, I don't think. Unless Philadelphia makes a big push, which is possible. Four straight. Philadelphia's been playing very well, seven seven and three in their last ten. But I think Washington and Pittsburgh first and second, for sure. Which is interesting. Like both those teams, like Washington and Pittsburgh have been almost mediocre the last like little while here, last ten games. Yeah, well I watched the Washington Pittsburgh <laughs> game. That um oh that's right that was while we were recording we, last yeah we I started it together and then I I, I watched when I got I back the home rest of it as well, yeah man. um Washington comes out of that one the winner and it's gonna be interesting yeah because I, I, I think Pittsburgh's good but they've lost three in a row now yeah to me and then like that's all but we know we kind of know what Pittsburgh and Washington are and how good mm-hmm. they are but looking down the line in Pittsburgh or Philly's had a good enough run I think they get in um. The Islanders, they make the move to get Joe, but they've been kind of, you know, average over the last 10 games. Blue Jackets have been having a really bad time lately, and a lot of that is their injuries. Um, but things have been not going great there. 1-4-5 and five in their last 10. Not great. Not great. Not great. Um, but it's good because Carolina and the Islanders aren't doing that no. fantastic. No, they haven't either. been that fantastic, but then you look below them. Um, and it's the Rangers, the Rangers who all of a sudden are coming on here to the point where they might be in the mix. But here's the thing. They trade away um, Brady Shea, and it's like, I don't know. If, but like, they trade away Brady Shea, but they re-signed Chris Kreider. Which is good, but that's a huge blow to their defense, in my opinion. Yeah, but they they win last night. But they win last night, and they were playing the Islanders. So it's... And, and Pajot, on Pajot's debut, he gets... He gets instigator a fight and then gets tossed for instigating the fight. Yeah, and it was a very nice Truba hit, very clean. Yeah, it's just a big hit, which is what happens a lot Great when you see hit. a big hit. Everyone just kind of loses their minds, um, I guess. But it would be wild if the Rangers were somehow to. I want to see it. Uh, I, I mean, I, I mean, I, that offense with Artemi Panarin leading it. It's just. Him and Zabanajad, like who knows what they prior. can do. It'll be um, interesting to keep an eye on there. And then moving over to the Atlantic, Boston and Tampa, they're kind of in a league of their own. Um, then it's Toronto versus Florida. Then it's Toronto, Florida for that spot there. Um, yeah, it's gonna be see because Florida's had this game in hand for quite some time now, and they're they're still just a, a one win behind Toronto. Yeah, and they've it's, both been. And Toronto's been a little bit better over the last ten, 
But Toronto has, like, they have significant injuries right now. And so if you're Florida, you need to take the, I think you have to take advantage of that and try to. And it's, honestly, I think this will all be decided. I think the, the, the game on tomorrow night, on Thursday night, is going to mean so much. I think it's going to come down to the two games they have left versus the Leafs and what they're able to do in those games. If they, I think if they win both those games in regulation, playoffs. But if they don't and, you know, it Toronto would, gets healthy, lost a little while. What a blow trouble. it would be to the city of Toronto if that team didn't make the playoffs. Kind of want to see it. I definitely want to see it. Kind of want to see it. I mean, I know it's bad. You shouldn't root against other teams and people, but... Yeah, I really want to see it. I really <laughs> want to see it. I won't right. lie. I have a lot of friends that are Leafs fans that would love for them to make the playoffs and want this team to do well. I really don't want to see. I, I want to re- see. It. Yeah. And um, then if we just take a quick look at the uh, at the Western Conference, um, the point totals, <laughs> the the barrier to make the playoffs, way lower. much lower. Like we're talking ten points lower. Maybe not ten. Let's say eight. Eight points lower than the, uh, the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. People have been saying that the Western Conference is better than the Eastern Conference for how many years now? Do they say that? Yeah. Okay. I've I've definitely heard. I've that. heard the Western Conference is harder on the teams and more travel at West. That's true. Travels harder on the teams and the players. That's just a fact. Um, but in terms of the teams, well, again, that that's been in the past when you've had Anaheim. San Jose and LA running it, and now they suck. So, yeah, right, and things kind of flip and, around. And really, if we look, if we look at the Central, I mean, St. Louis, no, no surprise there. Uh, they're going to finish first in the Central. Colorado, I, I'd be Colorado, shocked. If Colorado they and, and uh, Dallas there. Yeah, um, but Colorado is going to need to start uh, to to. It's going to be interesting to see the goalie situation. If uh, I think Frank Kuz is going to be the starter for the foreseeable future until Grubauer gets back, is can he can he hold it down? Can he hold down the fort until Grubauer gets back? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's it's kind of it's taking a little bit more shape now. You kind of see like, um, it's looking like uh, looking really good for Vegas. Looking really good for for Vancouver, Edmonton. They have their injuries, but if they can overcome that, yeah. Um, but I mean, Calgary's there, knocking on the doorstep, as well as is um, Arizona. I don't think is in it anymore. Well, that's just that's just it, right? Is like, I mean, I think that's got to be so disappointing. It's it's so hard to tell, just because every single team has not played the same amount of games, mm-hmm. so it's kind of hard to compare them. Um, Considering Arizona has played sixty six, once the other teams kind of catch, catch up. up to Arizona, we'll get a better uh, a better uh, look at, to see if Arizona is still a contender for the playoffs. But right now, it does not look good. And, and if you look at the way things have kind of unfolded this year, like to me, the two biggest disappointments actually, I'll give you know three biggest disappointments in terms of expectations versus reality to me are Arizona if they miss. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. they go out and get Taylor Hall. Toronto, if they miss, because, you know, it's supposed to be their year. And yes, they've had injuries, but everyone does, so yeah. no one cares. And then uh, New Jersey, because of the offseason they had. To me, those are the three teams where 
Um, I think you'd be most disappointed if they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. Obviously, New Jersey's definitely not. They've accept, I think they've, they were disappointed at the start, and now they've just accepted it moved on. Yeah, and I saw um, Jack Hughes <laughs> got laid out last night. I can't remember who hit him, but kind of kind of nice to see. Well, you know, he, like he'll come in. I think he's going to be fine in the long run. I think he'll come yeah. in and be good next year. But it is hard for a player of you know his size, obviously coming in. You got a target on your back. You're number one pick. Whatever. Um, but it's going to be a fun, fun stretch drive here. Um, some big games coming up for the Panthers. Um, really exciting times though. Like you know, being in that playoff race, like being a, like if you're a fan of like Boston and Tampa Bay. It's not really like that because you're going to make the playoffs every year pretty much. Like, you know what your team is. They meet the expectations, right? It's not exciting. But there are so many teams and fan bases that are just on that fringe where it's every game brings excitement and anxiety over what's going to happen. Um, and just that emotion, I think it makes it a lot of fun for, for the fans. It definitely does. Um, it will be, uh, yeah, we'll just kind of have to wait and see how things go. Oh, and we didn't even, well, the Panthers obviously won against. Uh, the Coyotes. Yeah, we, yeah, we talked a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, we talked a little bit about it, but huge game for the Panthers. Now, next game, Toronto. Yeah. That'll be crucial. Yeah, and we'll be back with uh, another uh, episode on uh, Monday. Looking over that game, seeing what happens. Hopefully we're talking about a Panthers win. Um, if not, it's going to be uh, sad times around here, but we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll see you guys then. Another shot for the Cats to win it in the seventh round.